Thanks for tuning in. This is Second Thoughts, Lax and Life, sponsored by Stenson Miller Lacrosse Company. Your host, John Losey and Chris Colin. Thanks for joining us for Second Thoughts. This is your host, John Losey, with co-host Chris Colin joining us. And tonight, we've got, on Second Thoughts, the Second Thoughts, after our U.S. lacrosse podcast, joining us, Paul Cosgrove. Chris and Paul, how are you gentlemen this evening? Good, Los. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm great. That, that, was, that was way too formal, because... That's what we did before, and that was stupid, and nobody wanted to fucking listen. So, uh, we're 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 not going that route. I got I got to get out of my I got to take my broadcaster hat off, and and make it more fun and entertaining for the listener, just like John Candy said in planes, trains, and automobiles. Actually, it was Steve Martin to John Candy. You know, m- make it fun for the listener. Yeah. Hey, if I want to laugh, I'll follow you to the bathroom unless you take a leap. <laughs> All right. So, so on that note, second thoughts, uh, you know, a continuation of, you know, we, we did the formal, the formalness with us, the cross and, and cause you did a great job, a lot of good feedback. Um, you know, lot, lots of name dropping left and right. We got a, you know, it, it, it was fun, but let's get into the real stuff. And, and I think Chris Colin, what, 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 what should we start us off with this evening? What's our round table topic here? Well, I think I think we need to go and uh, Losi, are you okay with the state of Ohio and and their uh, their decision to cut school and cut athletics? Are you are you mourning? Are you crying? Are you uh, how do you feel? You know, I uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, if you would have told me two weeks ago this was going to happen, I would have said no, nah, I don't think so because I had a lot of faith in you know in Governor DeWine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not surprising once I saw the, you know, and you'll be interested in this part of it, Chris Colin, is that the, uh, the Ohio's teachers union, Ohio teachers union came out and said, Hey, we're not going back to school. And as soon as I saw that in, you know, in print, it was like, okay, that will be that. And they will not go back. So, but you know, the interesting thing is, and cause, you know, this too, is that last week, you know, the, the OHSAA mandated or said, Hey, listen, coaches, give us your schedule. We got to start booking refs. And so it was like dangling candy in front of a baby where they're, they're turning their schedules and we were on some of those schedules. Um, and then for them to come to, you know, four days later and say, see ya, that was it. Well, most union teachers though, they want to be in the classroom. They don't, you know, the, the Betsy DeVos who wants, uh, you know, the, online education everything this is a dangerous moment for those those people i can't believe i can't believe that the union actually said they wanted to be out of the classroom they want to be in the classroom because well it's just the fear factor uh, they they, they didn't want to get they they you know everyone's buying into the fear factor and everyone's scared that's it it's uh shocking all hey man uh where's uh where's coronavirus on the rise in michigan it's in the middle of the state rural middle middle of the state i wonder why I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it's a whole new day and age. You know, yeah. what are we going to do now? You know, it's crazy. It's this. crazy. It's crazy, man. Uh, I, I don't know what the situation is that UConn president just said, uh, you know, there, there's not going to be fall Four. sports. Four. Like, that's, that's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, it's fucking April. 
(laughs) And you know what's so stupid about it? And the comments that I just can't stand are all the people that keep tweeting out, you know, or or even the podcast. I watched the one that the uh, Greg, Greg, the guy, the OU guy, um, who just got another job. But Los, you know what I'm talking about. The guy I responded to a tweet. I'm like, they're asking questions like, well, don't you think it's it's providing some kind of false hope to kids? I'm like, right. are you shitting me? Are we really talking about false? I mean, the word false hope might apply if you were talking about somebody who was terminal and you're saying, you know what, there's a chance you could make it. But but from when we're talking about school athletics or possibly getting back to an education or having a plan in place, that's not a false hope. That's just preparation for right. for a better day. And that is, so that part just, I mean, it just drives me crazy right. to see all, all those responses, like stop leading people along. And I just think it's just, it's people who are just so in their lane. They're just looking for something to complain about. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And everybody's just, everybody's just falling into the lane. That's it. Let's not, let's not think, you know, beyond, uh, you know, tomorrow, but let's make decisions about three months from now. Right. Well, well, and the good news is it looks like maybe some of them, and I don't even know if we're going to participate, but now people are going to flock towards a few of the tournaments, maybe where there could be some collective, you know, top Midwest teams that all go to a single location and have an opportunity to play each other with whatever part of their team still remains that can travel. So we still could potentially get some good games in, um, albeit under a different circumstance and a tournament format. However, at least you're getting teams together and people are already planning for, you know, the next phase. If Since Ohio's out and we can't get on their schedule for a regular season or even a condensed, shortened schedule, now it's, hey, we'll meet you in Indianapolis or, right. or yeah. someplace else. Yeah, I mean, I'm, hit, I'm hitting the road right now, second week in July, and I'm hopefully not going to come home until the uh, August 9th. So I'm going to be gone for pretty much a month uh, because they're just condensing everything into this month. Hopefully the NCAA lets that dead period go an extra week because that's some of the major tournaments are moving into that first week in August. And guess what, man? If if, if you got it and you can go, uh, go, right? And I'll, if, if it's – from what I hear, tournaments are going to look a lot different than what they've uh, looked like in the past. You know, it's coaches are going to be the only adults in the room. Maybe parents are going to have to drop their kids off. You know, the way they drop off bags and you might have to, um, you know, uh, put your all your equipment on your stick and not bring a bag. So, I mean, there's a lot of social distancing things that that people can do to have these things and, and to make it fun. for If you're really for the kids, like just make some make some really strict rules and go play the games. You know, right. why not? Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, when you've got somebody at, at, you know, the college level you know, talking about canceling the fall, I mean, I just, I don't even know what to do with that. You know, now you got tournaments trying to schedule games and I just, I, I, I've yeah. lost a lot of faith in everything. I mean, the, the, the president, that president of UConn, he was talking to a bunch of students at a journalism class so, like, I don't know if he necessarily meant that was supposed to get out into the world or not. I don't know. But yeah. uh, I think that's just crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's going to happen here. I mean, that you know, they're really – you know, the state of Michigan, what's interesting is is that, you know, they, they really have um, 
you know, opened up the rules for June 1st, you know, June 1st to August 31st, you know, 15 days of competition plus practice, you know, and and, then the practice doesn't count towards those 15 days. And in talking to the Ohio coaches yesterday, shit, I mean, they're, 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 I I mean, I sent them the MHSAA uh, release and they're, they're actually going back to the OHSAA and say, Hey, look what Michigan's doing. Uh, You know, give us, give us a little bit more than what you're giving us because they've only got 10 days and that includes practice. Yeah. Paul, do you think that the coaches could actually get together and take that 15 days to 20 or 30 days this summer? I don't think you need it. I mean, it's 15 games. Chris. I'm talking because I mean, you need time to practice. Well, the 15. Uh, but practice is unlimited. The, the practice, Michigan, yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. practice does not. It, they don't claw back practice from those 15. So you can practice as much as you want. The issue. So a high school team can practice all summer. Yep. Uh, no, not okay. Ohio. Yeah, June. Not Ohio. Right. Ohio's 15 days are all inclusive. That's practice and ten. and or 10. It's, it's 10. That's games and practice. For us, 15 is doable because you know those are 15 potential game days, and then we can oh, we wow. can do as much practice as we want outside of that before the timeline. And I think if I think that's the way it should be. I truthfully, I almost think there should be no rules. Hey, if you're going to allow coaches to coach and you're removing the distance rule and we have an end date and that end date is call it July 31st. First. Right. That's, that's all we need to hear. Just, just make it. I agree. That. I can, I agree with you. And guess what? The people that are motivated and guess what? And you, I think you said it on the other podcasts, like you might have 15 guys. You might have 20 guys. You might have 50 guys. You don't know. Don't know. But if you got, if you got 20 dedicated guys that want to, you know, go to practice four days a week and, and play in, in 10 events. Why not? Exactly. Right. It's just, it's got to get, it's got to get to the, you know, the social distancing piece and, and the, and the, so, and the gathering, you know, the groups or the gathering or whatever they call it, the number of people. I mean, it got wound down. Well, it was, it was nothing over 50 and then it dropped down to 10 and now it's, you know, your family. Well, and again, man, I don't, I just, when it comes to, as we, you know, loosen these things up, like the world is so freaking litigious, like so dumbly litigious, like you don't think any of these large organizations that are holding these tournaments aren't going to completely cover their ass in rules and regulations, you know, like kids are going to be safe. Like, Hey man, I'm going to, as soon as I'm able, I'm going to start running clinics up at that sports garage. Like, you know, I'm going to put. You're not going to drop your bag off when you walk in anymore. You're going to bring your bag in. You're going to have to put your, you know, if you bring your bag in, you're going to have to put all your stuff separated from each other by numbers. You know, there's a lot of things you can do that are completely reasonable and kids can get the looks and get what they want out of a, a training session or a practice or a game. Like, you know, are, can parents be sitting on the sideline uh, doing the way they used to do it? I Probably not this summer, but, you know, go, Drop your kid off and go do something fun, and then drop pick your kid up at the end of the day and ask them how it is, or or sit there and watch it on a video. I think the Comiscuses are are like ramping up a major video system for that thing up in Boyne. So you know, because hey, parents, I don't know if you're allowed to be here, but you can go back to the Boyne Lodge and watch the watch your field that your kid's on, and listen uh, to Lax Losey do your game, and, and listen to Lax Losey. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Boom. That's what it's going to be. I mean, everything's going to have to be that way. Well, here's the thing. Right. So, I I mean, I know it from a from a business standpoint, because in my real life, 
you know, we're working with companies right now about how to bring people back to work. And, you know, there, there are new companies popping up right now that are, that are, you know, offering, you know, uh, different types of testing, whether it's, you know, on your phone, an app where you have to answer these questions, um, whether it's, uh, you know, you can under the ADA, um, you know, you can, you can take people's temperature. And so you're going to see a lot of temperatures. I mean, I, I just bought one, so I've got one coming where I'm just going to walk around with that thing and be like, listen, 97.1, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I think you're going to see that. And so Chris, when you do your stuff, I would say that's one thing you do. Cause I'm doing it right now with my rehab for my shoulder. I walk yeah. into the rehab center, they take my temperature, I'm good to go. And then I do my rehab work. Yeah. You know, have you seen this, uh, the temperature taker at, at, I think it's MGM casino. No. It's like, you remember total recall? Like when you walk in the, it, you know, when they walk behind that little x-ray, yeah. thing, it's complete. It's completely that it's sick. <laughs> It'll cut down on the, the weapons possessions too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, do, do we have any second thoughts on the Michigan State program, uh, Paul, or no? We're going to leave it where we left it. I'll tell you what I know about the Michigan State program that I don't think uh, Rich touched on because I don't know if he knows. I mean, he, he might know some of it but didn't mention it. And that is, to me, with the, with the new AD in, I mean, with Martin there, Michigan State was running hot. Lacrosse really wasn't in their preview because they were their coffers were full. Things were going great. Basketball was doing outstanding. Antonio had things rolling. So Michigan State was really getting national attention for sports. Um, and it was awesome. So they, they made a pitch at that time to get a program back through Jam Petroni. And I know um, John, um, John Lancey, who I played with at Michigan State, who was uh, the assistant. He was the offensive coordinator for Duke when they went through their scandal. Um, he went up there and, and with Scandalaris, and they said, what's it going to take? And they said, look, it's $10 bucks, and that will fund three years, and that will do a girls' and a boys' team. And they pitched it. And I talked to Losi about this, and I think it was news to you, Los, so that's why I'm repeating it. But part of their, part of their pitch was, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can do that. We'll fundraise $10 million for three years. And then their thought process was after three years that the sport would then generate some revenue, potentially even be positive, you know, depending on how the team did, although that's, you know, pretty lofty goals. But at least get enough attention where maybe now that the support that would garner from, you know, moderate to, to decent success would say, hey, this is sustainable. And now we can move forward in trying to get a fully funded program back. But that fell short. And... So then they had to come back to the drawing board again and said, well, we got another option because we're going to make this, uh, you know, something that actually affects the bottom line. And they came back with another pitch that said, looking at your current sports status, um, one of the least successful things that are at Michigan State is the swimming program and track and field. They're huge revenue losers. And the cost to maintain natatoriums and whatnot was extremely expensive. And they said, look, why don't you cut those sports? Bring in a potential revenue-generating sport like yeah, but, but- lacrosse. And, and then that fell short. I think I heard one of the board members actually had a, a son or a daughter that was on track and field. And they said, we're just, we're just not going to do that. 
Yeah, doesn't Bob Scandalaris? I think Bob Scandalaris's kid swam at Michigan State. Yeah, but Bob was all for it. Bob wanted badly to do the to get the program back, so he was a supporter right. of of saying, or maybe that's why he was he was one of the guys. He could have been one of the guys saying, "Hey, you know what? Swimming is not generating any kind of buzz or revenue for Michigan State. So why aren't we looking there?" And, and when they dumped the program, it wasn't just lacrosse. They dumped men's gymnastics they jumped fencing they dumped rowing they they opened up women's crew so they they had to do some things that allowed them to be compliant for title nine at the time which i was thinking that now with a new landscape with at least new administration new athletic director you might have a new opportunity to go talk to them and see if they can they could get something on their radar to say this is something that we should at least evaluate and consider with other teams or or, or other schools that are in their conference who have lacrosse programs like Rutgers, Maryland, Hopkins, uh, Michigan, that they could say we need to be competitive with, you know, like sports that are getting national, that are nationally televised. So I'd like to think that that would at least cause enough buzz where it would be taken under consideration. So it seems like it's a good chance or a good opportunity to go back, but I don't know if it would garner any support. Well, I think, I think with the Nasser situation, that's, that's a, that's a big, issue with uh funding now number one number two uh, uh you know hey man most athletic departments right now at this very moment are down about 30 percent of their funding the ncaa you know compliance typically most of the compliance departments and in, in, in uh, colleges are funded by by the ncaa i mean sacred heart that whole athletic department's on furlough right now uh, I've heard Canisius has 90% of their employees, uh, athletic employees on furlough. Uh, a lot of smaller athletic departments and athletic departments in general are, that are so used to all that NCAA money uh, are really struggling. Right. You know, Cincinnati just dropped their men's soccer team. Uh, you know, I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard uh, through the grapevine that Western Michigan might drop down to 17 sports or some crazy number like that. So, it's a very interesting time in athletics in the short run. Right. <laughs> I think the I think the school in the Big Ten that has the best potential – there's two schools that have the best potentials to add lacrosse, Wisconsin, and I think Purdue is actually the number one because uh, it's an engineering school. Um, uh, they have a few less sports than uh, men's sports than other schools. Uh and uh, I think some of the majors lend to, uh, you know, that engineering kind of situation that they have down there kind of lends to uh, some of the lacrosse schools like Lehigh and Detroit, you could say Detroit or Manhattan that uh, let their kids be in Cleveland here. State. So it's an, it, yeah, it's a very interesting um, and, and Purdue's a little bit closer to, to Maryland than, than, you know, uh, some of the other, you know, to some of those East Coast schools where it's actually shooting distance as Ohio State kind of made a living for a long time because, you know, that seven, eight hour drive from from Baltimore, uh, kids were willing to make to go to Ohio right. State. So it's interesting. I, I hope I hope I would love to see Michigan State. I'd love to see Oakland. I think Oakland has a great potential. They just don't have any locker rooms. And I think that's one of the other situations at Michigan State too. It's that facilities issue um, at at this point. 
you know, you, you, not only are you going to have to fund the, the scholarships and the, and the salaries and all the support, you're also probably at this point going to have to match a facility. I, I did agree with, with Rich's statement on that. I think nowadays, you know, you just can't throw them out. And, and you know, it's not like uh, our U of D uh, locker room in the basement. You know, you gotta, if you're going to compete at the Big Ten level, you have to have some pretty fancy shit. Yeah, we used to share a locker room with baseball over at Jenison Fieldhouse, where Rich's office was, which also housed gymnastics. And that locker room, um, I'm pretty sure, you know, whatever people were writing on the walls when Magic Johnson was there was still there. So it was, it was, yeah, yeah. it was a dump. But but it was right yeah. next to the field, so you just kind of roll right out there to the what now is the football practice field. So, yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot of things that I'm not taking into consideration. I'm just kind of sharing what I know some of the fundraising that had taken place and some of the meetings that had taken place with, uh, with Martin, and, and, it, and it got some traction. And I know somebody on the board of directors there that said, if you guys can come up with the money, you know, there's nothing preventing this from happening. But it seems like there, there had to be, well, otherwise it would have happened. Yeah, and you and you wonder, you, you know, you wonder with the David uh, Petromala stuff that, that that just happened. If you know, if if there is a funding cut at at Hopkins, or is, is uh, if there's something deeper, I, you know, it's probably just a, a contractual thing where you know he he's had a rough couple of year, he had a rough couple of years, and Hopkins, you know, alumni have, uh, you know, they're like the Michigan football fans of 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 uh, college lacrosse. They think that you know they should win every championship and it's been a while. Right. So, uh, you know, they might want to get back to those championships. It could be just that, or it could legitimately be a, Hey man, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep up with the big 10 and, 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 you know, David was probably like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right move for me. So there, there's so many things that could be going on, you know, in today's environment with that big 10, because you know, with the big 10, they need a, you know, the other side is, are they really going to go to the seven teams? Uh, I don't know. Right. And I think, and I think if Michigan State added, they would probably drop Hopkins. But what do I know? Well, I just wrote a really good article, or actually, he gave a live interview with somebody. I can't remember who it was about the the administrative changes that have taken place at Hopkins in the past four years, and that is really yep. he thought was uh, became a bigger obstacle than than Dave outliving a lot of the support that he had there for so long. Um, yep. And that kind of maybe, you know, again, he was speculating, but maybe that weighed into his decision, but definitely was saying that it's made it more difficult one to get players to go to Hopkins and two, to be competitive. Um, not just because you don't have the personnel, but because you're not getting the same support that we always talk about, you know, when you get, yep. when everyone's behind you, things go better, whether you're winning or not. Oh yeah, man. Uh, I, let me tell you, everyone thinks, uh, you know, just replace, I, 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 you know, knowing what I know about college and I have a, a very limited view of college at, at one place, but you gotta have an administration that's behind you. Like the coaches are important. Players are important, but those administrators, like I, you know, I got, you know, Mike Miller's like the greatest, uh, administrator on earth. He, he, if I had to dig a hole, he'd be standing right next to me digging. Um, but like you know, is he going to find me more money? I don't. Right. I don't know. You know, so hopefully uh, you don't have to find that out. It, yeah, right. So that's uh, one of those situations. But he's, uh, 
you know, I think that those administrators are such a key point to, to, you know, and, you know, you take a look at whatever happened in the media today with that, uh, 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 Richmond coach, man, like he knows he's supported at Richmond. Maybe he went and interviewed and didn't feel the same kind of support, you know, Homewood field and Hopkins and all that and a, a pay raise. They ain't worth, uh, that ain't worth not being supported. Right. In my opinion. And I don't know, man. I think a kid from Michigan would rather go to Richmond than go to Hopkins. I, I would. <laughs> You've been to Richmond? Have you been to Richmond? It's Richmond's, all, you know, I, I'll it's, it's I'll tell you another quick anecdote. So I told the Salos also the other night at 2 a.m. Of course. So when, when we played Hopkins when I was at State and they came out, the guys on the, the Hopkins team, we, we spent the day where, uh, you know, we, we didn't have any obligations so we all hung out and we went to the Penn's I think we played Penn State in a football game the day before so we went to the game and then we went out to the fraternities at night and we we hung out and we hit the bars I can't tell you I mean to a man they were just like this this place is Disneyland this is the greatest place on earth and at the time Hopkins was it was a war zone I mean I think they were ahead of Detroit as far as being the murder capital and Yep. And to get kids to go there that don't have that aren't incentivized to say not incentivized, but don't have the desire to, to do something outside of lacrosse. They're not into medicine. They're not into one of the colleges or programs within the university that are, you know, farther reaching part of their future. And that's why you're getting a different crop of kids that go to Hopkins as opposed to when I talk to and again, I'm name dropping. But when when you know I talk to Leland over at Syracuse. He's like, look, if I made it so that every single kid had to pay full freight to come here, there would still be a line out the door. And that's the that's the yeah. difference. Nobody's going to do that at Hopkins, but they'll go to Cuse. They'll they'll go to they'll line up for Virginia. They'll line up for North Carolina. They'll line up for Ohio State. What is it? I mean, yeah. what what why? I mean, is it is it just the school, well, the well, environment, like, like, the or really the atmosphere because it's a smaller school? Well, I, I can tell you my opinion. Chris can deal with it better because he's he lives it. But my opinion is, if you're a 18 year old kid, you're going to get a college experience along right. with a program that has resources that make you feel not just important, but like you're actually gaining ground that you could put a team together. That you, if you're fully funded and you can roll out and you have those kind of resources with with you know your own academics and study halls and tutors and all the support you need in the world. Cause they're, they're going to do anything to make it so you don't fail. Then you feel like, you know what, we can put this program on the map if it's not already, or you just feel like you're a part of something bigger. And at Hopkins, you almost feel like you're, you're under a, a magnifying glass because you're not there for the academics. You're, you're just a lacrosse player, even though they love what you do and they, they wait right. to watch you play. But at you're the end of the day, you're just you're just so an athlete. You're an outsider, mm-hmm. and and they don't and then because they don't have any other sports. I mean, that's got to be the the only thing, you know. I mean, if you're if you're a lacrosse player at Hopkins, that then that's you're really the only athlete to a certain degree that's there in terms of a big time program that's going to be on TV. Right, and why would you, and if you were smart enough to go to Hopkins, wouldn't you rather get maybe a, a more well rounded experience in college? at a, yep. another quality program, like a, if you were going to a state school like Virginia or Carolina, or, or if you're even higher education as your goal, any one of the Ivies. 
Well, I, I totally agree. You know, I, I, I spent a little bit of summer with a, with a large group of Hopkins alumni, right, with that Atlas group. And, uh, you know, I think uh, one, most of those guys, their lacro- lacrosse is kind of like the first priority in their life is lacrosse. The second priority uh, uh, is lacrosse. The third priority could be, you know, their dog, their girlfriend, their wife. Right. You know, uh, whatever. You know what I mean? So uh, they're just built to kind of only be about lacrosse. And and really, um, I've found that they're very Baltimore-centric in general. Um, And again, I make the analogy to Michigan football, and it's not a a negative and a positive, but, you know, Michigan football, right? Like, this isn't Alabama – where there's, you know, football player, you know, Michigan, I know they do what they do with their football team, right? With, with some of the classes that the kids take and everything, but you kind of still have to go to school at Michigan, right? You kind of still have to go to school at some of the big Notre Dame, you know, at Rutgers, you still got to go. Yeah. Notre Dame, you still got to go to school. Rutgers, you still got to go to school. Alabama. I don't think those football players are going to school at the same level that they are at Michigan. And that's a tough to, to get the elite athlete. Right. So I think at Hopkins uh, it's kind of the same thing. And, and, and you said that where um, crap, you know, Virginia just said, listen, you can take all your classes past fail. <laughs> so if I'm a lacrosse player going, okay, I can go, <laughs> I can take all my classes past fail. I can, uh, I can go hang out in Charlottesville, uh, you know, uh, with, with, you know, six foot blonde girls everywhere. And, uh, or, or I can go to Hopkins and have to, you know, uh, <laughs> have a different, completely different experience and, uh, have all the academic folks look down at me like, uh, Oh, I know why you're here just to play sports. Uh, I think it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough pitch nowadays. Right. And again, the game's also getting, the game's getting bigger. Like sure. They can get all the best kids from Baltimore, but don't tell me there's a couple kids in Michigan that are just as good as those Baltimore kids. And a couple right. kids from, uh, Minnesota, they're just as good as those uh, Baltimore kids, and and uh, a couple kids from you know the California that are just as good as those as those Baltimore kids. So they might keep those Baltimore elite kids, but um, you know other places are getting kids from uh, other places. Paul, with with the Leland comment, you know Hopkins or uh, Syracuse kind of struggled for a couple years. And they got they kind of dug their way out of it. What do you think? What do you think happened there? What do you think happened? They had a couple of years where it kind of you know the, the fire desco movement was going. Uh, they weren't having the same kind of success that they always had. I mean, this year, man, I would never have wanted to play them. I mean, I think they could have beaten, you know, some of the film I watched. I think they, they I think they had a five goal margin on everybody yeah. else. What do, what do you th- what do you th- what do you think the secret is? What do you well, think? <laughs> Hop- Hopkins kind of has to do the same thing. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Hopkins made that. If you watch that Mount St. Mary's Hopkins game, you know I'm watching that game going, oh man, I want to schedule Hopkins. <laughs> like like I got a shot. Uh, being a Detroit guy, I got a shot. Like I got a shot at that team. Syracuse. When I watch that film, I don't like you know, that team was. They're rolling. You want rolling you want you want nothing to, nothing to do with them. Yeah, they. Yes, and again, a couple a couple years back, I, I was watching their film, going, "Man, I want I got to get them on the schedule." You know, I, I don't want to. 
so I, I know I can tell you from an insider, you know, from, from someone inside the program, what the thought process was and some of the, the, the problems that they were having. And yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of support from past players about what an impact Desco and Leland and guys have made on them over the years, which is awesome to see because the, the players sure. came out and supported them and said, for everybody that's chiming in, you have no idea what kind of commitment these guys make, which, which is right. great to see players do stand up for their coaches. Um, there wasn't, a, there, by far, there was not a mutiny. But I do know that. Yeah, I know there was. That some of the internal thought process was that, you know, it's just different because Syracuse has fallen off the pedestal in terms of being a team that's battling for national championship every year, like they were, you know, for more than a decade. And that, that created some scrutiny. And it also had, when they had Donahue in there, and they, I know that they had things that they wanted to do. That as coaches, some of those things they couldn't quite get done, or they weren't getting done with the way maybe they wanted them to get done. And I mean that like with the the way the game had changed. You're watching kids that are going to other schools. Like if you looked at Denver a few years ago when they won, or you look at Ohio State with the Canadians that they had when they when they played for a national championship, you were seeing some really big really fast, really strong. The best athletes were on the teams that were winning. Um, and Syracuse wasn't getting those guys. And they weren't getting those guys because they had a philosophy that was built around a system. And Desco has been there a long time, and he believes, you know, he kind of has that that Herb, uh, Herb Brooks mentality of, I have something in my head that I want to do, and I'm trying to put the right players on this team and I think if you asked some of the guys that were there, they would say, I don't want the guy that fits the system. I want the six foot three guy that runs a four or five. And the, we're losing those guys to other schools. Right. And then they're getting developed. And they're, you know, just through osmosis and practices playing with the veterans that are back and the upperclassmen, they, their level of play improves so quickly that next thing you know, now that guy would fit into any system because his his skills have gotten better and he's gotten comfortable with whatever they're doing. And Syracuse kind of felt like we're missing out on a lot of those guys. I think they started to get more of those kids. I know they did defensively, and this year they were putting up a lot of goals. So I, I'm only guessing that they were starting to get those same kids on offense too. So that's kind of why they had a lull, I think. And 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 I'll and I'll be really candid. I don't think. Well, again, this is a good question for you. I I know that they're recruiting. I know who does the recruiting at Syracuse, and I think kids now, right or wrong, they want the coach to reach out to them. They want the head coach to come out and say, "You're my guy. I want you. You're going to come here. You're going to play. You're going to be a difference maker for us before you get out of this school." And and maybe that might, you know, without giving any promises, saying you're going to make an impact as a sophomore, or junior, as a senior, you're going to be an All-American. I know Jerry Byrne did it with, you know, talked that way about Donaldson, saying that kid's going to get out of here and he's going to be a two-time All-American. And and that resonates with kids. And I don't right. think they recruit that way. I think they recruit more like, and I know that. I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, I'm guessing that that other schools they they use their their status to go out and get kids. Where Syracuse kind of has this, hey, we're Syracuse. If you don't want to be here, right. if we have to sell you on it, 
then maybe you're, this isn't right for you. And I think that bit them. Right. I, I truly think that they started to bite them. And and that's why you see a, a team like, uh, I don't know, name one. Well, no, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, like, uh, you know, I've got three great goalies and, and that's great, but it's funny. Uh, you know, I had to really reach out and go get some goalies, get a transfer goalie and, and they're awesome. Well, what every it's amazing. So every 21 in the world, I am getting bombarded by goalies right now because everybody sees, oh, Logan Chamlin's got one year left. He's a retro yep. senior. He's going to be back this year for one more year. Uh, all those 21, you should see every day, 21 goalie, 21 goalie. So these kids go on the internet and they look at, okay, there's an opportunity for, you know, a, a starting position, a entrenched starting position to uh to uh you know cycle through and uh you know maybe the guys behind it are good maybe they're not we don't know but i'm going to go for that school because they're going to have some uncertainty there and i'm going to uh, uh, i'm going to try to get but, that spot it's i mean it's nuts kids don't look at the you know Syracuse program they look at yeah, where the best shot is for them to for them to succeed yeah. right yeah. i mean it, it's so i i think i, I think that's part of it well, and I think with the Syracuse thing and the Hopkins thing, it's, it's, you know, you look at, they're, they're the blue bloods, right? I mean, the, you know, their, their history of the game and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's evolved to where it's, it's not so much them anymore. I mean, you look at the newer teams coming up, you look at, you know, Notre Dame has made a huge impact and, and, and these newer teams, you know, Penn state. And so you get, you know, you get teams and now that are just every, you know, there's just so much talent out there in my mind where, you know, if you get the right kid, you know, you're going to hit on a lot, you're going to miss on a lot. But in the end, you know, everybody's fighting for the same type of an athlete. I think you're, you know, somebody made the point of, you know, they want that kid that, that, that's 6'4 and can run a 4'5, right? And there's a lot of them out there, you know, to a certain degree, and then develop them over two years to get them to be a junior. And now you got something cooking. Yeah. I mean, it's. Okay. Uh, Let's switch can, over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go no, ahead. We're done. I was going to switch over to a second, second thought I have from the U.S. lacrosse well, I, podcast. I, okay, we talked yeah, about people. I, I, I just Fire. one for Paul, and then and then. Uh, okay, we talked about people you played against that were hard. Who is the 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 toughest fight that you got <laughs> into? Because <laughs> I know you like getting into fights. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they like getting into fights. They just seem to find him. Uh, God, I hope What's you don't have thing? an audience for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, answer it how you wish Kyle. i don't you know you, what you, i'm you, i'm you, gonna take the fifth on that i don't he's taking the fifth he's taking the fifth i i just remember one time where i i think i had some brother rice and I, I hate to be uh talking about myself here but one time we uh it was like a c it was at i think that firefighters park i think in troy it's a c home alumni versus brother rice alumni game and you're just destroying Zonky. <laughs> and Zonky's like, I-, I can't handle this guy. He's hurting me. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go try to punch him in the nuts every fucking time, every time, and just try to get him away from you. And it kind of works. You know what? <laughs> so I'm just running up the, I'm running up just slapping uh, Paul Cosgrove I... in the dick with my stick. So I don't remember <laughs> some things, but I'm going to be honest with you. That was at, we played, I think, I think we weren't, we didn't play on grass. We were playing someplace on turf. I wanted to say it was at Seahome. 
It might and I do honest. remember that because I was pissed. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was pissed. Fucking kill uh, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, but Zonky will, we need Zonky to score. So I got, we got to do something here because Cosgrove's eating him alive. He's, he's backing <laughs> off. So I'm like, I'm going to draw the those summer league games were a lot of fun. And I, you know, I wore, I don't, I think I wore gloves and a helmet. And I remember kind of just kind of surveying yeah, yeah. the field and you came out and you were just slashing the shit out of me as I was kind of just kind of, you know, just drifting and zero intention of getting the ball. Zero. zero. And I was just like, zero. what the hell is going on? So, yeah, I remember that well. Um I'll tell you, okay, this isn't a fight story. This is not a fight story, but at least it's one I can give, you know, it's got a little color to it. So we went down, I went down and played um, in Cleveland. And we were playing against the uh, the Cleveland team that they had. And I played, oh, I can't remember, but they had, a, they had some transplants that were, um, that they had a couple guys from Cornell and they had some players that were, you know, ex players that were really good players in college that I remember. And unfortunately they're, I'm, I'm struggling with their names, but they weren't one-on-one guys. They were really good feeders. They were, they were just really good players. And so we were losing with like, and I'd gone and I'd gone out with the guys the night before, you know, it's a club weekend thing. So I'd gone out with a lot of these guys. You wind up in the same bar. And then we went out in that game and with like, I don't know, eight minutes to go or so, nine minutes to go. And some of the guys out there just sucked. But with like nine minutes to go, one of the guys who's wearing like rec specs, who's like five foot eight, puts his hand up in circles and said, all right, let's practice our, you know, because they're saying the game's over. You know, there's only seven minutes to go and they're up six. They're like, let's practice our whatever for tomorrow. And the guy said it out loud. Oh, boy. And I absolutely lost my shit. So it turned in. So for seven minutes, all I did, all I did was was yell at my teammates to shut off every single person on the field, and whoever got the ball, I went and tried. I was trying to hurt people, and then I had to. I ran into those guys at the bar after, and I walked up, and they're like, "What the fuck happened?" What? what? And and I was telling him during that whole thing, I'm like, you want to practice on me? You guys are, you think you're using me for practice? And so then I was just teeing off on people. But it was interesting because like there'd be a ground ball. I'd come rolling into a ground ball. And guys are just, they'd openly turn their back and run away from the ball and let me pick it up and run down the field. <laughs> They're like, whatever, let them score a couple of goals. Yeah. Who gives a shit? We're still going to win. But at, the, at that night, I that was the first time I've actually bought a round of drinks for like, you know, six or eight guys going, hey, I apologize, but. You guys, Kurt Rambus, blame it on Rambus. <laughs> we didn't mean it like that. I'm like, it doesn't matter how, what your intentions were. You said out loud you were using me for practice, right? So that was that was a that was a bad one. I had another guy that sh- took a took a shot in a in a club game when we were. I was playing it out for. Um, oh God, can I repeat this? This is actually a great story, but it's not very good. Um, I played for. I played in the. Um, Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford used to have a big tournament. I played for our, uh, the Hopkins team. And Seth Tierney put the team together, who is now the coach at Hofstra, you know, whose uncle is the legend. So we go out. Yeah. We meet. We have our first game. And then we go out to Arts Bar 
which is a place or we were at the Russian league. I can't remember. We were at some bar and they had a dance floor that lit up like old school disco. The dance floor, you know, had lights underneath it. It was awesome. Saturday it was night Saturday night fever and we were pretty banged up. And next thing you know, uh, Seth Tierney is dancing with this girl. That's um, she's uh, she's very healthy. She was a very healthy sized girl and he's out there messing around and he's dancing with a bottle in his hand and he's goofing around and it was pretty harmless, but it was clear that he was kind of making fun of the situation. And a guy came up and Seth is, you know, he, at the time he was 150 pounds dripping wet and some guy came up and started giving him some grief. And I politely stepped in and just said, Hey, it's all good. Just let it go. You know, it's no big deal. And this wasn't a cross player. We were in, we were in a, just a local bar. I didn't realize what a tough town Hartford was. I mean, Hartford was no joke. It was, it was a rough area. And so yeah, no joke. next thing you know, these townies all start moving in. <laughs> I'm swinging. <laughs> I'm throwing hams on the middle of the dance floor before I know what happens. And I was hanging on to this guy and I had him by, I, I think I had a, t- I, I know I did. So I, I don't want to pretend I, I think, but I had him by um, my left hand. I was holding on to his hand, his head by his hair. And as I was, as I was, you know, <laughs> discussing the finer points of whatever we were talking about before. And Seth Tierney broke a bottle, the bottle that he was dancing with, with the girl, he broke it over the guy's head while I was engaged with him. You know how mad he's going to be. If he's He'll serious. deny it. He'll deny it. But I have the scars. <laughs> I have the scars to prove it. The, the, From they got shrapnel. They got the shrapnel. bottle breaks and goes directly. You know, parts of the shards of glass go into my into my hand and into my wrist. So next thing you know, I'm in the bathroom. It, it gets broken up, but but I mean, it was mayhem. So I I managed to get in the bathroom. You, you know, the place is you know. 20% lit. So it's really dark other than the dance floor. So I find my way into the bathroom. I can feel the blood rolling down my arm and I go into the bathroom and the guy he hit with the bottle is in the bathroom in the, at the sink. And there's a sink next to him and I'm putting my hand underneath it. And I'm picking the glass out of my hand. And I realize this is the guy he hit with the bottle and he's got a big horseshoe <laughs> cut in his head. And the guy looks at me and he goes, this didn't need to happen. And I, and I mean, we had that moment and I'm like, you're right. This did not need to happen. I go outside to the bar. You gotta, I mean, I'm the only guy playing with these Hopkins guys. That's an outsider. Quint Kessinich was our goalie. So I roll out. He wasn't, and he was not part. Quint was not there, just so you know. But we, I go outside. Nobody. I mean, crickets. I'm standing out in Hartford by myself. I have no idea. Glastonbury, right? So I have no idea where I am. And all of a sudden, I hear guys yelling from the bushes. Cuss, cuss. So I go over and these guys are hiding in the bushes from the cops because half of them got warrants out for the arrest. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. So they take me to the hospital because I have to get stitches. I, had, I, I thought, you know, I, I cut a vein in my in my wrist and my thumb from my knuckle of my thumb up right up to my hand. I had like a one inch gash there that was really deep that I pulled a big piece of glass out of. So I'm like, I got to get some stitches. So I go to the bar. I mean, I go to the hospital. I'm getting stitches. And the next day. I've got to play and Shavilla's like, dude, can you play? And I'm like, I can barely get my glove on because my hand's still taped up and I've got stitches in my wrist and my thumb. And that's when I met like um, uh, 
never mind. I, I met some other guys that were on the Hopkins team. I, I won't drop any names, but so I meet these guys and, and they had never seen me play. So Shavilla and Shavilla, so Shavilla's just kind of saying, Hey, I vouch for him. <laughs> so we, right. so we got, and yeah. I was lucky. I had a couple other guys, Adam Wright. There were some other guys that I knew that were on the team and, and they were like, Hey, Cousins look great. But the, the guys who were seniors at the time, and you know, this is club ball. Like, um, there were guys who were a year out, two years out that were back playing with them. Like, who is this guy? So I'm just waiting for my time and they're, they're not letting me play. And now I'm getting really pissed. And I'm like, I flew out here. I wound up in the hospital. Tierney's busting bottles in my hand. I got injured. I mean, I'm, I'm on injured reserve for my own teammates. And now they're not letting me play. I mean, they should have let me start that game. And, it's a and it was show. an absolute shit show, and it, but it was so much fun. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But that one was uh, – it wasn't my toughest fight, but it was it was an interesting way things unfolded. <laughs> well, I think everybody who played lacrosse pre-2004 has a, multiple stories like that. Now, in, you know, with cameras and – that that part of uh, that, the culture of lacrosse, right. where uh, you know guys roll into a town and <laughs> it goes either good or yeah. bad for them, uh, is gone, uh, long gone with with you know the technology. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think <laughs> I think we've all got stories like that. I'm <laughs> well, it, it, <laughs> mine are yeah. all still. Uh, I still need to uh, keep mine. Uh, but this is a per- this is a perfect. Example you might have to of, edit. You know, really now that I think of... about it, you should probably edit that whole thing and just delete it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I, I forgot this could actually be listened to by people. I think our base, our listing base is at eight. this point, is so small that. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get Seth Tierney. We're good. Yeah, I'm not gonna have Celtic Tierney. Calcutta is not, not going to call not, me and be like, "Hey, did, you know, you didn't mention that." What, what in the background check? <laughs> hey, hey, Paul, can we talk about this second thoughts thing <laughs> with you and Losi? <laughs> well, I think most people, uh, most people below, uh, uh, below uh, what I think the cutoff would probably be about thirty-five nowadays. Uh, have experienced something similar to that in their lacrosse travel. Yes, uh, I think kids kids younger than that, have, you know, have not. Well, and hence that, and hence but... why lacrosse got the reputation it did. I mean, we're pretty much just summing it up right, right. now, aren't we? <laughs> right, right. I mean, trust me, I've been in a lot of dumb situations where I'm like, what? Well, I mean, that was one of the that was a standing happened. rule for the Vail tournament. Because because so many you know this because you yeah. were there so many lacrosse players you know descended on Vail for that July Fourth weekend at the time. Oh I my mean, word! You, every bar was lacrosse players and the people who were there for the summer and the people who were there for the Fourth of July fireworks in Avon and you're like, oh it's a target rich environment. But the rule was if you fought, you were out of the tournament. So there was there yeah. there was a lot of caution and right. there were some real because there were some feuds bloodbaths from the from the season that just happened and guys saying you screwed me and yeah whatever and next thing you know they're there with their girlfriend or they brought family and people are calling them out in front of their family and making fun of them <laughs> guys were like you're, you're dead and you're like yeah well if yeah. we fight you, we're out of the tournament yeah <laughs> I mean I I yeah and I mean and then there's just you know again I 
I've been to a few of those like placids. I don't remember. I mean, I remember once I, I, I think I stayed in a tent the entire time, but I don't even really, I remember post, uh, post tournament, but during the tournament was just very, very foggy. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was a different was the, time. In it was the best again. time. I mean, it was so awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and just in general, I mean, that time for everybody. I mean, it, it's you know, lacrosse and just life, right? I mean, you didn't have the you didn't have the the risk and the and the spotlight as as kids nowadays do, where everything that you do, I mean, everything you do, everywhere you go, uh, can can be filmed, taped, talked about, whatever. Right, it you're is. condemned, and it's yeah, you're condemned you're as a habitual whatever, and yeah, and meanwhile. Yeah. Meanwhile, standing in Gore yeah, Creek, I mean, which is the river that runs through Vale, post games, you know, with with guys fly fishing next to you, and you're you're just standing there, you know, in your underwear because the water's fifty five degrees, and you played two games, and it's seventy degrees out, and you're just smashing beers yeah, and you're using bath. that like your ice bath, and there's thirty guys, and you're just and next right. thing you know you're talking to a guy that's yep. you know, yep. hey, that's Billy Miller. You know, or that's, you know, and you're like, right. you're shooting the shit with someone you would never have crossed paths with. And next thing you know, you're playing against them. You're like, this is awesome. It was the best. It snowed. One fourth of July, it snowed while I was there for like 20 minutes. It snowed flakes yeah. the size of your hand. And it wound up covering the ground like thick for, you know, like an inch of snow everywhere, blanketed in snow. But it was still 65 degrees outside. It was the coolest experience. You know. Surreal. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm finally feeling healthy enough. I think I might go do something at Lake Placid, and I'm also trying to organize for the first time an alumni U of D event at Lake Placid because I think Lake Placid still has that feel a little. Yeah, and they get a big draw. I mean, it's it's a great location. You get all of New York. It's and it does get a, good, a really good draw without having the travel expense. Right, right. And I mean, it's beautiful up there. And I think you get the community piece that, um, you know, that that community piece is still there Do you, a little bit. So, I mean, I haven't, I haven't been there in a long time because uh, just been too busy and then I want to be home, but I'm making it a priority. Do you, yeah, obviously, you don't think the kids, I mean, I, I don't see it. You know, I mean, you know, that's a different day and age, but you know, with social media, I mean, I think a lot of the kids, the high school kids now, and I think everybody knows each other to a certain degree, all the good players and the top players, but you know, you, you don't, I, I don't see that camaraderie out there right now anymore. It's nope. just, it's, you know, I mean, well, again, it, it's uh you gotta, you gotta live up to your social media right. profile, not, and you gotta, you can't be, you can't make a mistake. You can't, throw a bottle over somebody's head you can't be an idiot and you also uh you know you have to be perfect you also can't be great either you have they forged some pretty good relationships though i I will say that in talking to donaldson you know he's become pretty good friends with um that kid on his team from catholic central the lefty uh midfielder uh oh yeah he worked with matthew um yeah he coached for uh, he coached for yeah. Well, my, he's a yeah, good I mean, he's, he's a, a good, good kid, good, and they yeah, and they were friends kid. before. And I and I you know it's hard because you're you know Ajay would would talk and be like, hey, we're gonna kill these this guy. We're taking out da da da, and he'd say, you know, after he'd be like, I just want you to know he's a really nice guy. You know? <laughs> you're like you're like you just <laughs> yeah. killed my pregame speech, dude. You can't say he's a nice guy. We, 
we, you know, we need him writing in pain before this thing's over. But, it, you know, they, the kids are, they got good head on their shoulder and they're using social media. I like to think for the most part to keep tabs on each other. They are always, I, that part kind of bugs me that they, you know, we, we used to do it too, right? We used to say you'd walk out in a field and if you saw, you know, hop Syracuse helmets or Carolina helmets, or you'd be like, Holy shit. Yeah. I better buckle up. And, and now kids kind of do that with social media and that, Oh, this guy has this many stats. This, this is how many goals he has. They're kind of look like, you know, the equivalent would be kind of like scoreboard washing. They're doing it and watching other people's careers and already identifying that as a good player where it's a tough thing to overcome because you try not to get blinded by looking at a blue Jay on someone's helmet. Cause you don't know if he's a starter or, or whatever. And you, you get out of your game. So it's hard to talk 17 year olds into, it doesn't matter what Bryce clay is doing up in forest Hills. You know, it's, we've got a game plan to negate him. And if we, you know, whatever we're doing, we're going to try and do, and, and great players are going to make plays. And you're going to have to live with it, move on. And hopefully we do enough. Well, to to what you're saying, I think what's so interesting and and what's cool about summer lacrosse versus high school lacrosse is, you know, certain kids are completely different when they play for their high school and then when they play for their club team. I think that's one of the coolest things. It's one of the most interesting things because it's a different set of kids. It's a different set of circumstances, and it's also a different pecking order, and and, uh, you know, some kids that are, you know, the, the star in their high school team are supporting guy on their club or vice versa. Um, but don't, so I think it's also interesting when kid, when some kids, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, Donaldson looks at a kid that from Catholic central, he plays very, that kid played very different, uh, when he played for true than he played for Catholic central. It was just such an interesting thing. Well, don't you I think, think it's pretty, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you know, not, not to, obviously we're moving a little bit into the club ball section, but, you know, speaking to both of you, do, because I mean, I, I'm out of the, you know, I've, I've been watching this for a while and obviously not, I didn't play, but, you know, I see such a big difference in, you know, the, the, the summer and the club teams where it really is more individualistic, right? I mean, everybody's trying to get theirs to a certain degree. And then you try to take those kids as they go through the, the summer and the fall and and then they get into their season and then, you know, you, you try to put them back into a system where they're not on every play trying to score. Well, I, I don't think it's I don't I don't see I don't think it comes from selfishness or an individualist. It's just you don't practice, you, you know, uh, a club team is is uh, how many practices, you know, 18 practices and and seven events when, you know, you get 18 practices before you even play your first game in a high school. So it's a different, it's a totally different model and a totally different set of circumstances. And, uh, you know, I think from a, from what I do from my vantage point, you, you have to look at both and how kids interact in both. Cause um, yeah, the, the, the college game is a little more individualistic, right. but guess what, man, you got, you got to be able to grind like you do in a high school uh, practice. Yeah. And definitely you want the kid that's a little less selfish, like, you know, that can be a little less selfish. Yeah. But, and you see that more in high school. And, and I just, that's my, where I and I from. just see kids that, that are, you know, more team oriented that, that really get lost in the summer. Right. They just don't, they don't, they, yep. they don't stand right. out. And I guess it takes more of the coach looking for that. Um, I guess from a layman's perspective, oh. like for me standing there, yeah. 
where you see players that, you know, you, you know, and they just, you know, they, they just don't stand out. And, and if, if you got a coach on the sideline that's watching one game that this kid plays, oh. and he doesn't stand out, then that's kind of it, right? Well, what did, what did Kyle say earlier at Syracuse? Yeah. Right? They want the 6'5", the 4'4", right. running guy, not the, not the, not the team right. passing guy. Let me ask guy. you both this question, because one thing is, as I look back at lacrosse as it used, you know, years ago when I, when I started really getting into it, you know, you would see you would see more of the game that it was, um, you know, where where finishers, right, where finishers were important. You know, kids that can use both hands in high school, uh, catch in traffic and score. And it appears to me that that has really gone away from the game, where it's more alley dodge, it's more individualistic, it's more uh, the the, and it could be just the athletes that there really isn't a place for those kids anymore that, that, you know, aren't the fastest and maybe not the biggest, but had great hands, you know, um, w- what's your take on that? I mean, is it just the offenses that were, that they're running or what is it? Well, I, I think, I think lacrosse, it's, it's kind of a business, right? You've got players that are trying to do the right thing. You've got coaches that are trying to win. You got people who are trying to use that, that program as a, a loss leader maybe to get a better job. So winning is so paramount that what you wind up getting to me, Los, is not kids that – it's not that it's a design that that takes those kids out of the game. You're card counting. You're playing the odds. There's a reason that you attack short sticks over and over. It's, as much as it might not seem like the game as, is, uh, as robust with everyone being involved – a lot of it has to do with the fact that every team has weaknesses and those weaknesses are, are they're exploited when you're, it's like covering a receiver in football to me. You just can't stay with a receiver. If, if they're given 15 seconds to get open, you can't do it. Lacrosse is similar in that if you're going after a short stick, at least a majority of the time, you're going to get an advantage on them at some point. If you're one of the other teams, top three guys on the first line and, and you know you got to make a decision and Chris you can jump in but you throw a poll out there and the po- just the fact that yeah. you have more room to identify what's going on as a down low defenseman to say hey I have more time to react when the poll's on the ball than I do when the short sticks on the ball it becomes a domino effect when the short sticks on a on another short stick when your D middies on a short stick that you know is a good player because they have three good middies or two good middies now you have a very hyper slide ready defense that might go early. You might get them caught in some early slides. You have kids that can carry the ball. So it's just such an advantage to attack those things first because you're playing the odds. And then that just that one thing can produce the motion or the slide that you need to open up the, the remaining part of the field. And there's all sorts of schemes that you can do to right. make that happen. If you're confident that your guy can beat their short stick. And in high school, and maybe they do at college, but in high school, at least at our level, we still attack the poles because a lot of people try to hide their poles that maybe are, don't have the foot speed or because people just say, Hey, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go attack the short sticks. And you find out that their long poles actually not very good. I mean, if they did that to us last year and I, and I hate to always go back to rice, but it's just what I'm, what I can speak to with intelligently right now. Michael Cosgrove was one of the best defensemen we had on the field. 
So we were, we loved the fact that they went right. after Washi, who wound up playing D1 hockey, who was a great athlete in 6'3", or Michael Cosgrove at 6'2", that, you know, runs like a gazelle. It's like, I hope they go after them and not our long pole. So it, 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 the balance is usually right. why you see a lot of, a lot of downhill dodging out of that, but that's all designed to create something else. And and then you do different rotations and different cycling and then two man games. And, and if you don't have the guys that can do that, then you get into a lot of pick work. So it's not as much fun probably for, for uh, the spectators, especially if your son's one of them, because you're wondering why isn't it going through him? Why isn't it going through him? And then even if you ask the kids these days that are at least in the high school level, they're going to be like, why the, the guy covering me is going to Georgetown. Why would I attack this Donaldson kid when we have a better matchup with our third midfielder against their D midi? You know what I mean? So they've already kind of right. like, like Chris said, yep. the pecking order, they've already mentally kind of checked out and said, you know what? I tested the waters a little bit early. This guy seems really fast. Then they just become facilitators. And as soon as that happens, you're like, great. That helps us from a defensive standpoint. Or that's hurting us offensively. You know, it works both ways. So that's why it seems a little bit more contrived. But it's it's the smart way to do it. Um, just because you, you're going to get more opportunity out of that than you are by going after their their polls. Yeah. It's the dodger becomes yeah. the hammer and the defense becomes the nail. And, and that's who gets the advantage where um, – you know, if it's two nails hitting against each other, uh, you don't know uh, that typically will make an offense make a mistake before a defense will make a mistake. If if you just have if you can just do where uh, nobody kind of dodges through a defense. Right. So you're just kind of stalemating, stalemating, stalemating. Well, yeah, we're passing the ball around, but we're, you'll probably drop it versus. We're gonna we're gonna hammer on this defense, make them operate, make them move, make them start reacting. Um, that's where you gain advantage. And what defenses are trying to do, at least what we're, we're trying to do uh, for the most part, is always like, okay, you're gonna hammer, we're gonna hammer you right back. And and uh, you have to have the right personnel for that. But if you don't, you don't. But uh, that's where I think those the distributors and the passers they're important. But Especially at your level. So at, at the collegiate level, because so, yeah, so. you have so many guys that can whistle it. Oh, yeah. And when you and when you get in those situations and, you, and a guy is, you know, yep. some the, a slide is frozen or, or caught in a little bit of no man's land or or they can someone can extend a slide a little bit, you know, and is a good player. You've got guys that can shoot, which is why they don't run oh, zone, yeah. a lot of zone in college I mean, we, you know, because you just have so many good shooters. And if you don't have those at the high school level yeah. – that's that's what yeah. pisses me off when you see a team come out and just say we're playing zone. I'm like, you don't even know if we – what if we got a bunch of hammers that can shoot? I mean, yeah, th- no, no. thank you. And and by the way, your goalie better yeah. be really good. Right. Yeah. Well. Because mm-hmm. he's going yeah. to get peppered. Again, yeah. And, uh, you know, this year we had a lot more goals scored on us than we typically do. Well, guess what? I, you know, I had a bunch of older team – you know – God love, I love Bo Pickens to death, but Bo Pickens was, you know, he had a long career and his <laughs> body was pretty worn down, right? So Pickles had a tough time uh, covering longer distances right. with people, right? So guess what? Offensive coordinators had Bo Pickens running long uh, long distances into a, a backup defenseman, maybe Jack Harrop, maybe someone else. 
and that is no one Brunius. You know, it is no one, but that's a different situation, different kind of athlete. And, and Jack Harrop did the best job he could, but you know, you take two situations like that. We became the nail for the first time in a long time. And you have these history, uh, uh, and you know, we'll fix it next year, but, uh, um, it becomes very difficult. So you just, you got to find the guys that can hammer and typically guys that can hammer are bigger, bigger. Hey, it's why it's, it's why CC played us so tough for two years. The, for three years, for three years, Catholic Central and yep. Forest Hill yeah. Central, they've had some shooters, and and we we don't subscribe to right. zone, yeah. and and we do that for the kids' development. I mean, to be frank, that's that's kind of where we're at. We got kids that want to go play in college, so we're going to get them prepared. And the only way you're going to prepare them to play in college is to play man. And if you can't play man, then you know you're going to yep. you pretty much the writing's on the wall. So when you run into those teams and they have good shooters and they're willing to shoot from 13 and they recognize that the goalie might have gotten, you know, he's on his heels after the first goal or two, or he let in a soft one. Next thing you know, they're, they're pulling the trigger from places that you don't expect. And you're, you're, you're thinking, Hey, you know what? I'm 12 yards out and I got to stick out. It's what's the big deal. And a guy can shoot 90 miles an hour. And they start going in next thing you know, a team that, you know, And you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit for it. But at the same yeah. time, we're like, why didn't every game follow suit the way it did the first game? They, we we felt, agree or not, we're way better on paper. We had a lot more. We had a lot more to offer on offense in terms of you know we had a lot of guys that could get open. We had a lot of guys that could shoot. But they they got up on us early, two games in a row. And even though we had a very high shooting percentage, um, when we don't have the ball and you're playing catch up. And it forces guys to shoot a couple of bad shots. Yep. You know. Yep. They start pressing. They're start shooting pressing. guys when guys yep. when we're not in position yet and there's no backup, and that, which is essentially a turnover, or throwing it in the goalie stick. And you're like, all right, well, we got to play really smart this game in order to dig ourselves out of a hole. Fortunately, we did it a couple times, but you're so pissed because we would have liked to have seen that been a, a bigger spread. And I think it should have been, or it could have been, but you got to give them credit. They found out one of our weaknesses and, and they exploited it. Yeah. And that's, that's what good coaching does. I mean, that's, that's film. That's that whole, that's the whole preparation and being ready to do it. And, and the thing with rice and Catholic central is that, you know, that's the thing. It's like three times, you know, the last what, seven years, eight years now. I mean, you know, you're playing the regular season, you're playing in the Catholic finals and you're playing in the state finals. It's like, you can't, you know, playing someone three times to beat someone three times in any sport in anything is extremely difficult. Well, to it's do. so much easier for the team that has nothing to lose. So. And especially when you get to keep building on it each time and go, right. Hey, you know what? Last time we tried shutting off so-and-so this time, let's try this. You're just throwing caution at the <laughs> right. wind going, let's try this. I'll tell you a cool story. Cause so when we went and played Victor a few years ago, and we beat them after they hadn't they hadn't lost in a few years, their coach yep. their coach said after is like, look, fifty games. No one's ever done that to us before. You know, we took we we took one of their best attackmen and said we're going to put a shorty on him, and that kid felt the need to go to the goal so badly every time. And, and it was it, every he time. just took just a, some to bad shots and we're like getting beats, not the issue here. Let's just make sure we slide to this area of the field. And when we do, he might have, he's going to have a worse, his angle is going to be poor or whatever. Yeah. And the whole reason we did it was because they had kid going to Virginia, kid going to Loyola. They had three midfielders that were just outstanding. And we put all of our poles up top big. So we're like, 
it, and, and we had nothing to lose. So it, it caught them off guard, and he flat out said, no one's played us that way in a long time. We haven't had to make those kind of adjustments, and we, we just had our time making the adjustment. So, I mean, it was cool to hear a coach kind of yeah. say, hey, that was, you guess- guys did a great job. We're dying to play you guys next year. <laughs> and then we said no. Right. But- <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my calls are not. But, you know. Sense. It's when you have nothing to lose and you can mix it up and it, and they're 17 year old kids. Right. So when once things aren't going their way and that's they're in an uncomfortable position because they've never been behind before and the crowds cheer and they're like, holy shit, we're in a really yep. difficult situation we haven't faced before. You know, 17 year olds fold sometimes. They start pressing. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, you know, hey. That is uh, from the inside. Anything else we want to talk about this evening? What are we about? Uh, yeah, what are we? We were, at, we were at seventy-two minutes. We were at seventy-two minutes. Right and now. it just it flew by, didn't it? <laughs> flew by. Yeah, man. I guess that, that, that like, Glastonbury oh, story shit. took probably ten minutes. I did edit it. I did <laughs> edit it. Cut out. <laughs> I could have added five more minutes of just come on. There's no way that happened. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've been in that Glastonbury <laughs> tournament before, and I don't I remember, remember hand- much about the tournament. To be completely honest with you, I remember they. I remember being there. I don't remember. Uh, Zalberti played on one of the other teams. Kind of I hung out with him all night long, and then they, and and we. Uh, I remember when they handed me the jersey. So they were Hopkins. <laughs> they did Hopkins black. They were just pennies, but it had it said CDU on it. You got to remember, Seth Tierney did this, and if he's if you he could ever send this to him, this is, this is proof. And we were like, what's the CDU for? And he's like, chicks dig us. <laughs> and that would be a good jersey. To uh, find, I still, Kyle. I think I still Drive have that it. one down. <laughs> oh, nice. Take a picture. I, I will, I will take a picture of it. I think it's at my parents' house. My mom has a war chest with all my old shit in it. And I'll, if I'll, I'll pull that thing out and take a picture of it. And you can send to him, like, explain this. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, I'll do that. That'd be great. That would be funny. <laughs> That's good shit. Good shit. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk, but we're probably running out of time here. But you know, we had we had on uh, we had on the coach from uh, yeah. Hope tonight, Kaz, um, on the podcast, and you know, the the whole division, you know, the whole D three is interesting to me because. You know, and I asked him. I asked him, you know, a, a good amount of questions about recruiting and, and and what's it like to go D three and you know, and I just I can't get a good feel of you know, yeah, I just don't know, right? Because you see kids committing and oh, I I got an offer from here and I got an offer from here and and it's like you know, if if you want to go to Hope or you want to go to Albion, you know, you, you kind of just go uh, to a certain degree, but you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I'd like you know, Colin. Maybe, maybe. What, what's your what, what's your question? D three yeah. set. I mean, it, I think D three D three is like awesome lacrosse. That, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, I'm wondering it, 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 it. You know, has is is it really outside of my mind where I'm thinking? Well, you know, D three is not all that much, but it doesn't. It seems to be f- fucking great. No. no, you have the you people around here have this like uh, you know because we, we're used to big state colleges that that's like the only option for kids. But, you know, most of those kids that grow up in New Jersey and 
the kind of the eastern seaboard, there's been that small private college thing. Is a there's a lot bigger. It's a lot cooler, you know, because the, the the big state colleges are the ones that they don't really care about, and and you know, people from New York, uh, you know, uh, well, Syracuse is way up north, and and uh, if I'm from New Jersey, Penn State's way out in the middle of nowhere. Rutgers is this big school, but uh, Gettysburg. You know, I'd rather go to uh, to Monmouth, right, or or to to Gettysburg, or you know, all those kind of historical places, like. Dude, if you've ever been to a Stevenson, uh, a Stevenson, uh, Tufts, uh, Salisbury game, yeah, Salisbury Tufts, yeah, yes, yeah, no, the Salisbury Stevenson's game, the the Salisbury State Stevenson game is the coolest game in lacrosse. Period. You want to talk about people like there's like ten thousand fans. People are going ape shit. Uh, you know, everyone's been drinking too much. Uh, they all want to kill each other. And as soon as the game over, every, everybody's super cool. But, like, that's a game that everybody's got to see. If you're, like, a lacrosse fan, uh, you, you got to go to a game like that. Uh, um, you know, and I think every conference in Division Three has a couple games like that. That it's just, you know, these teams want to kill each other. And, and the fans want to kill each other. But then it's, like, great. I mean, we kind of have that when we play, you know, the, the Mac is kind of that way where we're kind of the low level, you know, mid-major division one lacrosse. These, these teams, when we show up, they all want to, we right. all want to kill each other. And, and cause you're playing, you're not playing for uh, the television. You're not playing for anything. You're just playing for kind of the pride of, of the league. And, um, you know, it's cool stuff like dude, Gettysburg versus, uh, yeah, who is there's, there's it's a like incredible, um, Cabrini. Uh, I can't think of the name of the school. Why am I blanking? But yeah, like there's just so many. Denison, awesome Nope's got a program. Uh, I mean, Nazareth uh, used to have a bunch of assassins on their team. I mean, dude, the Denison Owu game Denison used game? to be like a bloodbath. They're like these. It still is. It still is. Those. I, I, dude, Caravana, I remember, I, I, like, happened to, like, Carl and I were, like, I don't know, like, we're just, like, hey, there's an Owu's playing Denison, let's stop, right? Like, because we're recruiting or we're doing, I don't know what we were doing. I don't think, maybe I wasn't even with Carl. I stopped, I, I was with CG, I think, Chris Gallagher, and uh, I watched that, like, dude, the, the Caravana's, like, getting it, like, he's tried to get, like, kids were, like, fighting. Yeah, he got it, it was, a, that was a, was a pretty, that, it, it took me by surprise. Doing both <laughs> when I got there, so that, to your point, Los, we, we, Ohio Wesleyan, that team that I was fortunate enough to play on, there's, there's some of the right. best players I've ever played with. I mean, and yeah, and then and like I said, well, like when I even mentioned the uh, you know Billy Miller, I mean guys on the world team used to be D three players. So you you and you still get that. And when PLL, you got guys out there. You're 100%. like, who is that guy? You're like, oh, well, he played at uh, Salisbury. I'm like he's sick. And then, right? Yeah, like heart like Hartzell's like whatever you can say what you want to say about social media, but like that dude, that dude is the yeah, keep your shirt on, buddy. player in the, in, in the PLL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't yeah, think he, I don't think he owns on. one. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen, if you, if, if you saw the, 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 the females that line up uh, to tr- try to, you know, I'm sure they're sliding to his DM and, and the world that he lives in. Uh, he can take his shirt yeah. off all he wants, but like the, the dude works his tail off. 
to uh i mean he works harder than anybody uh i've ever seen because uh, again he's got the he's got a little bit of the vision three chip on his shoulder but yeah you know, it's, he's, it's he unfortunate that they don't have the anybody else inner you know division rivalries anymore or or even inner division play and it used to be that way you used to have you know hopkins and somebody and they do the war on the shore and washington college would play Oh, it's, yeah, it's sweet. Right. And I, I, you know, I was one of the things that, you know, it's funny. I just had this conversation with somebody uh, about, you know, cause they're talking about budgets and, and with this COVID thing that maybe one of the things that's going to happen travel. is oh, well, less travel. So you might have to end up like getting back to some of those interdivisional. No, I was talking with Dwayne Hicks, Dwayne Hicks about it. He's like, you know, that would be one of the cool things that you could bring up, uh, you know, or U of D could play Denison in a real game, and it would be awesome. You know? You'd be willing to like, do that, that which is great. Be, that, that but I don't, you know, frankly, I don't see the advantage. When when I was at Owu, we played Notre Dame, and they were ranked for the first time, maybe ever. They were ranked in like the top twenty, and we shit kicked them, and 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 they didn't know how stacked we were. <laughs> I mean, but we were stacked, and they they ran into a buzzsaw, and next thing you know, it's like. Why would I ever play a D3 team? I mean, they just ruined our ranking or or we just took a serious loss where now the rest of the, the voting community is saying, oh, they, they lost to Ohio Wesleyan, so they're they're done. Even if they win their next couple of games, they'll wind up maybe like a high point right. or they, they didn't win their division or right. whatever, and they're done. Well, what? right. Well, the, the, the vast – the 90, yeah. 90% of us have to win our conference to get in there's a very small majority of 14 teams that really pay attention. I mean, Notre Dame's one of them that pays attention to the APR, yeah. you know, you know, the big 10 schools have to, t- to take care of it. The ACC schools have to look at it, but right. You know, the rest of good us, competition, good play, good you know, right. finance. You know, again, now, now the other, now the other, now the other side is I can tell you as we've scrimmaged division three teams before in the past, like it's very difficult exactly. to get my guys very motivated for that game. Like they don't even, they just don't want to even be there for it. And and that's part of, part of the situation. I, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm built where it's like, I don't care who we're playing. Let's just go. Let's just play as hard as we can. It doesn't matter. But, but I, I get that most of today's I, I get it. Are. It's tough. Do you think to motivate that, them? But if you get to back to so, the point, Chris, which I'm sure hopefully you will, where you guys win and you win your division. And even though you wind up with, you know, one of the, usually they're going to be one of the most difficult draws in the tournament. Next thing you know, you're beating Notre Dame at halftime. I mean, that's what every kid's, that's what every kid's hoping to do. I want to go, I want to go play yeah, on a right. national stage. And at the end, they're not going to go. Right. Or when you guys played here at Wisner and you, you, you beat Marquette or you take Ohio state to a goal coming off a, you know, a, a championship, where they played in a championship, it's like, well, that's what their their high bar is. I, I agree. Whoever that little number five sure, is for well, Ohio State, he figured something game. out. They figured out something on that right side, but but that is their goal to say, hey, I'm going to go showcase my talent at a higher level against good players, and it, and it that is their national championship. So that's where like playing an OU midseason doesn't really, or another D three team, or. It just doesn't work for them, and it's why we want to play Hill and why we want to play Culver. Even though we're outmanned, yeah. 
they're willing to play us because they know that there's good things that can come out of the game where they won't always completely shit kick us, but we're going to have some games where we lose by a goal. Like we did, you know, four years ago or, or we beat Hill or we play within three or four goals. Like we did a couple of years ago in the, you know, in the, in the fall, it's, that's why it's so disappointing that the MHSA took that away because we're the team that's you can't get better by playing better competition because we are resigned to playing in. It's that's the frustrating part. Three hundred miles. Well, yeah. What again? You know, I did start playing lacrosse to my sophomore year of high school, right? And you know, I think one of the things how I got better was obviously yep. it was practice, but you got to go watch people that are really good. And, 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 you know, we're okay. Uh, you know, getting back to that conversation, uh, a bunch of kids from, uh, from cast tech should just go and watch brother rice practice once or twice. They can get a lot, they can get a lot better coming to a practice and watching brother rice kids practice, maybe yeah. doing a little bit with them, but just even watching. I, I agree. From playing that game, I agree. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I and, yeah, and I think so this. That, I think I think you know you think you look at opportunities for for what we're going through in this country, and and I think you know those types of things. And, and we talk about in the podcast about going down to Cast Tech, about you know being more open, Kaz, and you mentioned it. Hey, you know anything you guys want to know, let us know. And so you know maybe we make a focus or, or try to start doing things like that where we host you know coaches to to come uh, to one of our practices for for the second for the second thought thing. Uh, I think it would be uh, entertaining as all hell and uh, fun where, uh, you know, a coach call says, Hey, here's a, here's my question uh, in an email. And then you come back and say, no, 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 no. Like get a little more specific, whatever. Then boom, we put them on uh, a video podcast, answer the guy's question. And then uh, I think you can learn a lot from that. I think you can learn a lot from that versus, Hey, cause tell me how you clear it, brother. Right. Yeah, the general questions. Well, I, I think I think Rice has a yeah. you know I mean that we get a we get that you know that uh, reputation of I mean you know Kaz I think I think for you the benefit to you know especially the one with with Drew and the one that we did on the U.S. lacrosse I mean and Colin you said it to me you know I mean it's 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 opening up and saying hey listen we're not the evil empire right I mean because that's what everybody thinks. Um, and it's not that way. I mean, we're, we're still about growing the game. We just want to play and we want to enjoy it and we want to be good and, and we want to do right by our kids. But, you know, a, a new coach or a new program. Yeah, I'm not. What do you want to know? I, I'm not right. worried about sharing every single thing I know because or, or what we know or how we do things. If people want to emulate that for all for all intents and purposes, we're happy to do it. And and it would be a good thing for us to give back, I think, because we're capable of doing it. But somebody asked, I think maybe Colin, you asked, or somebody asked in the, or maybe it was Drew and wow. said, how do we how do we get these other teams outside the top eight to close the gap between you know Brother Rice and and Team Nine through sixteen? Well, candidly, I I, I want to increase the gap. I I don't just because we're showing. Right. Well, I, I'm going to, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. You could give, you could take the brother rice spiral secret playbook 
that was started by Ron Hebert <laughs> and passed on to uh, passed on this? to Rob Ambrose and, and 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 changed yeah yeah and, and and Ambrose turned it into a gold book and then handed to AJ and AJ's turned it into whatever he wants to turn, right you could give that to anybody but you know what no one's gonna put the dedication in like the brother the kids. community does. And, and and that's the secret. That's the secret. The kids are put the kids put right. the fucking work in. The, the kids put the work in and they put the work in all year. They care about it. They put the work in on their own. They put the work in, in groups. They pressure each other in a good way to get to, to make good decisions. And that's what I'm saying. You can give them everything, but if if, if eh, I'm gonna go sail this weekend or I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ride my bike or I'm gonna go do uh, I'm gonna go up camping with my girlfriend. While brother ice kids are are working right. on their two man game on the, yep. by yep. themselves, so that's which is why I'm not afraid to give it. Which is why I'm not afraid to give it to them. Uh, uh, you know, there's that that yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I always want to just tell these people like you guys all want these these coaches conventions with everything. We're not smart people, coaches. We're like this this game is pretty simple. Like the magic is getting your kids to, to, to be dedicated and be dedicated to each other and to be dedicated to the, to the, the program and the, and what's bigger. And, and that our kids are working, behavior. our kids are working now. That? Right. I mean, I, our kids are out there, you know, three, four days a week working right now. Um, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that other kids aren't, but collectively when you go up and down the roster, brother rice and, and probably Catholic central and the top teams are going to have, more kids. I, I'm going to add something here because, and I don't know if it's going to be very popular, but the, the truth is I agree with every single thing you said. The problem that I personally have had and still struggle with and grip a, every now and then has to pull those reins on me. And he does a much better job communicating it to the kids. I'm like, okay, here's, you know, we, I don't know, pick not a clear. So we'll go back to fast break. Cause that's pretty common. The, the hardest fast break to run is the one that everybody thinks of when they think of a fast break. The hardest one, it requires a, a D midi or a pole, which is usually going to be your break, running down the field. He has to make that cross field pass on a, a dead sprint with someone chasing him, hit somebody that's moving up the field to that point position. That guy then has to have the right footwork, curl the right way, move to the ball. Then he has to read – did the slide come early, late? Did did both guys slide? Now I can go cross crease. There's a lot involved there. And if it just runs standard, you're looking at like three or four passes before it actually finishes. And when it works, it looks great. But the truth is, you never see that at the highest levels. It's usually two passes, three passes, max. And, and it's, oh, you know what? We missed the goal, but it doesn't matter because we were in the right position. We missed small. We kept possession and we're on a quick whistle. And when I go do a fast break, because they asked me to do a fast break at one of the clinics. Yep. And I usually don't do that. I normally would do that from the defensive standpoint. And I did it as an offensive guy. And I left. And and at the end, I had some coaches, a couple of them asked me some questions. But in the end, I'm like, how'd that go? And the guy I was talking to was like, uh, I think you just confused the shit out of everybody. Because – because I was saying things like, okay, well, let's start right. here. You, you know, is, is this guy yeah, someone yeah, you think yeah, is capable yeah, that's bringing yeah. the ball down? And, 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 and more importantly, our guys <laughs> know. We, we identify, <laughs> you know, how we're going to run a break like four different ways, and it's all on the kids to read it. You know, is it coming off a face-off where it's coming down straight down the middle? Right. Is it coming off, uh, yep. you know, they, they're not going to respect our face-off guy, so they're not going to slide? 
that's a different break. Are they coming down the wing? Is it a pole? You know, are we going to run a slow break off it? Are we going to do a pick play off it? Are we going to do – and if you guys suck, you should be looking at a flat break right out of the gate. And they were just like, what? And I'm like, I, uh, I thought that would be kind of like a, an eye-opener for people and, and make them think, hey, you know what? I only want to do one or two passes, so maybe well, I should run a flat break and catch a defense that maybe isn't used to rotating on a flat break correctly. And I might, and they make it lost, and I throw one pass down to the, to the side or the middle, and the guy gets to turn and shoot. We practice them. Oh, why do you think? Why do you we think practice them, and we practice them based on on where the guys coming down the field, That's and we kind of let them do it the same way you would do it off of a face off win and a ball going down the sideline. You know, if you were running something right. and say, you know what, I'm right. we'll do a we'll do a pass down pick down with this guy, but not with this guy. And and what's the most what's the most important thing that you said there that they know each other it's a silver that's the bullet. one thing i can't get with coaches that just want this x's and o's you know give give me a scheme give, give, yeah give me give me a scheme that's going to win uh uh it's like no man like i i, I and it, it, the cast tech coach i just had a long talk with him cuz he he's he's try he's in his 20s he's trying to get his his, his shit right He's trying to be like the best coach you can. He always comes up like, give me this play, give me a play. I'm like, well, I don't know your kids. And he's like, well, you don't have to know my kids. I'm like, yeah, you, right. if you know if you know your kids well and your kids know each other well, it doesn't fucking matter the nomenclature. It doesn't matter. Uh, right. You can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're going to put it in the back of the net. Right. But you got to know each other. And I think that's where the, the Rice kids know each other really, really well. Well, and the coaches the put the, the right players in those spots. I mean, you identify who can do what and who can't. I mean, the worst thing is, is you, you try, to, you try right. to run something and you don't have the kids to be able to do that. Right. I mean, you need, you, you need, you need to be able to right. make that cross field pass on the dead run. But if you don't, but um, if you don't, there are you know, options. And the problem is and somebody to catch it. they think there's a silver bullet. And, right. and then they'll they'll keep right. trying there to fix options, right. something that shouldn't right. even be implemented into what they're trying to do. Right. It's a round peg right. into a square hole. Right. You're, you're trying to you're trying to make something right. happen that it's, isn't it's a, going to happen because of the the you know, the player's skill on the field yeah. for that. And so you have to alter your right. what you're doing. Right. Right. We we run our our breaks very different when that Paul oh, yeah. music with the long hair. The long pole, when he comes down the field, there is four different options right. that are only for him versus any, anyone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yep. and again, it all depends where, if he's on the left side of the field, right side of the field, coming down the middle and, and, and kind of if he's carrying the balls up in the air or down in the air, because he's got a different mindset when Well, and all the attackmen know it. They're like, again, he's got five yards on him. There's the, he's, he looks like he, he's, he's going to get deep in this one. He's going to yeah. definitely get deeper because he's looking to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's, he, he, yeah. He's, he's walking the dog and uh, he's got one hand on the stick and he's gaining ground on the guy. And uh, the defenseman is not moving towards him and he's not, and he is arcing away from the, the from the point defenseman. Yeah, he's probably. But you've got so many reads, and, and it's cool finish. when you have kids who can read it, even <laughs> if they're not capable. They make the right read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the near the guy with the nearest attackman starts backing away, and if the attackman backs away with him, or you know the defenseman backs away with him, it's a different read than right. when, if the uh, 
the the uh, defenseman starts attacking Paul, right? It, it changes. And, and Kaz, you made this point when we were talking about, you know, when you talk about the the summer and and having you know sixty days with with you know the Rice kids, and you've got that you know that that fine line between the seniors getting the playing time and and being able to finish their senior year, and you want to give that to them, but then you know the the, the other school thought that I had was, well, you're going to get also the juniors and the sophomores and, and, and talented freshmen that you may want to start building with for next year. And your point was there, a, I don't have enough time and B, they're not going to remember any of this shit by the time no, and it's and spring and next you, year. So that's it really doesn't that's what I said. And the other part of it, Los, is that when, if we're going to do it in a format where there's going to be any kind of recruiting there, you know, if, if coaches are there watching, I think that there's a great balance between club ball and, and team ball. For, uh, for us, the best way for juniors to get identified right. as being good players for us isn't that they have the overall game. If they're a man-child, that's one thing. But if they're a good player that's looking to get picked up by a good D3 team or a MAC team, and you're like, that's kind of where your lane is, they're going to stand out much more playing with their buddies who also know their weaknesses as opposed as opposed to – you're going to go get right. lost in the shuffle on on what I agree yeah. with what Chris said. It's not selfish ball and club ball. It's guys are just like, hey, you know what? Cover your man. Don't get beat. I'm not in a hurry to go slide when there is no two slide right. and my guy scores. Now I look, you know, in their mind, they're like, I look bad because my guy scored. They might not recognize the fact that the, the coach watching recognized they did the right thing. And they just assume their guy scored, so they look bad, and their parents are like, "Oh, your guy scored." Right. Next, you know, it turns into, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna slide on that one," right. or, or you know, that that to me is why I think when right. they, we keep them together at NHSLS, they oh. do so much better, and we like as opposed to Catholic Central, who goes out there and gets killed. Well. And again, I even think there's a difference in summer. Like you know this, I come to a lot of brother rice games to watch kids play, and I don't come to a lot of black grizzlies because of that. Because of exactly everything we're saying, like the game is just a lot more the four the four big men men child. You know, three passes to a goal, and typically, am I going to get you know the is Georgetown going to get the, the the rice kid that does well in that situation? Probably. I'm going to get the rice kid that does pretty well in the game, in the kind of right. high school type of, of setting. So that's why you see me at a ton of brother rice games, but you don't. Well, see and the black grizzlies, you've got you know other players from other schools too, so that you throw that into the mix, and so you right. got that difference. Right. right, right. So that's what I'm saying. It's a more of a because it's more of a mixed bag. There's less passing. In the I thought you came to see grip. All brother right. rice stuff. You got yep. other kids, right? So, so <laughs> yeah. who doesn't? <laughs> Well, I love Grippa, you know. I got I, some other. I didn't know. Other, I didn't know that yeah, that Druin loved Grippa as well. <laughs> I don't know if everybody on that side I wants to wants to see me, but you know, well, well, you're always welcome. In all right, me, coach. I think you we know that. people will listen about six minutes of this. <laughs> all right, boys, and we were on for two hours. <laughs> they, well, they hey, listen. The... If they've got a long road, if they got a long road trip, listen, man. I think no. I, most of these people are just they, uh, you know, your uh, people are so fucking bored right now that, they, I mean, I just put podcasts on. Just I would love it, man. I would love it if you got people to, to do exactly what you said, and that is, coaches, <laughs> mail in your questions. You know, maybe on the next Twitter feed or something that you send out, Lowe's, it's 
We're taking questions. That way you, you could help build an audience. We're taking any, we're taking yeah. uh, 15 questions from coaches or 12, 10 yeah. questions from coaches. And we're going to respond directly to those. And our guest is, you know, Chris Colon or our guest is the LTU guy or whoever you guys have on and have them address some of it so that they can say, and, and then you can yep. kind of give them some, well, why are you asking? Or, you know, why you want, why do you want to run a fat? Why are you worried about a fast break? When I look at your stats last year and it looks like you guys, you know, gave yep. up your goals against was 18. You, sh- you got other shit you should be worrying about than wasting time on the, the two fast breaks or one fast break that happens yep. in a game. So yeah, the, the, this would be perfect yep. for you. Right. No, there's no question about it. I mean, it's, you know, again, we're quarantined. So what, what, what are we, what, what else are we supposed to do at this point? I think, and it's going to come to an end at some point that that's going to be the, you know, that'll be the downside. It better, or I'm going to be doing this cast from a van down by the river. It, but, um, <laughs> it may, it may be, it may evolve into the three of us doing something. <laughs> I'm sticking with the podcast one time a week. I figured I already once this is over. Yeah, well, you mean not the four? Week. Not the four that we're doing now? Not, 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 not three. Not three or four. Just one day a week. I think it's. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, and I think we're getting good feedback too. I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, it's fun. I I enjoyed I enjoyed our guest tonight. I mean, the, you know, he, he uh, you know, he, the, he's, the hope he, guy. He, oh he's my god! He's so positive, man. It's just like it's like stop. I yeah. tried to get him to not be. Yeah, I tried. I tried to get Mike not to be positive, and he just crushed me on with his fucking. That, they kind of yeah. It's, that's what happens. That's a religious based school, and that you know they, they take a lot of pride in that. <laughs> Wood, wooden shoes and freaking tulips. <laughs> and, and Betsy DeVos, you know the, that state. You know we didn't talk about, it, but that stadium is that their soccer is. The sickest stadium in in the country. I can't. That's their soccer That's stadium, stadium too, right? If you, yeah, it's it's like a, it's fucking uh, yeah, amazing. I, well, the locker rooms are amazing. Well, I yeah. mean, yeah, the the, the Vol family that Albion uh, Albion Hope game that they were talking about. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't mind getting over and seeing that next year. Yeah, you want to call that game? It's it's dude. Those those teams those. The, the student at the the students are just the I pretty much yeah, I pretty much just offered up just, me doing like fifteen games next year across the state. You I, should buy I, Little I, Caesars I for the entire crowd. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> they set them up goals like semi-pro. All right, corn boys. dogs, corn dogs. <laughs> All right, we will we will wrap up, boys. All right, so I'll, I'll give Thank me. You, uh, Paul, I'll have this. Cut up. Yep. And, yep. Okay. Thank you, Paul Cosgrove, for thing. joining us. I'm John Losey, uh, your co-host, Chris Colin, our special, special guest, always Paul Cosgrove. Cosy, great stories. Uh, you know, no bottles. I hope that scars. All right. Okay. I'll send and, you the uh, picture of that jersey. We'll make sure that tyranny does not get a copy. Right, see ya. <laughs> Good night, boys. Take care. Yes. Thanks for listening. Second Thoughts, Lax and Life is sponsored by Stenson Meller Lacrosse Company. For all of your lacrosse needs, visit StensonMeller.com. On Twitter, at Stenson Meller. <laughs>